great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. funny there because like we were waiting for it to start and i had this big smile on my face and ryan had this like kind of like face like this and i was like i really hope it starts like this because i want to get a screenshot of that but i don't know if it did start because then i laughed at your face and then you started laughing so i ruined it welcome into shout a buffalo football podcast I am Matt Perino. He is Ryan Talbot. And you might notice a new frame on this bad boy because we got some exciting news. Tops Friendly Markets is back in your life. The official signature sponsor of Shout is back in the mix. We are well, we've had three years uh, partnership with Tops. And um, when they, uh, they, they go through the season, through the football season, and when we have those few months off, it's always like, where's Tops? Where are the transitions? Well, they're coming back in a big way. I can't wait, Ryan. Yeah, cannot wait. So excited to have Tops back as one of our main sponsors. Like you said, three years now, uh, we've enjoyed having them as our sponsor. Glad to see it back up here on our shout screen. Uh, speaking of glad to have it, how about those Shout Buffalo Bills insiders that are just cooking right now on the text line? We've been interacting with them all morning already, giving all of our observations from practice, uh, interacting, answering some questions. And then I just put out a big bat signal like we're going live right now. If you have any other questions, we'll hit them at the end of the show. If you want to be a Shout insider, do it. It's a two-week free trial. Then after that, it's $3.99 a month uh, for a cup of coffee a month. You can be a shout insider and that's less than $50 per year. I mean, listen, I know it's kind of annoying to have all these little subscriptions that kind of add up the Netflix, the HBO go, all that kind of stuff. But listen, if you are a super big bills fan and you want to cut out all the clutter, we will deliver devoted signature coverage of the bills to you right to your telephone. You can do it right now by heading over to. Oh, wow. That's a, that's, did you hear that? No, I did not. Oh, yeah. The, the video <laughs> popped up as I was about to uh, read it from our um, from our YouTube channel. And I didn't know if you'd be able to hear it in the background. Sorry about that. Anyway, you can head over to joinsubtext.com backwards slash shout Buffalo Bills. You can sign up there or just text 716-528-6727. Yeah, listen, can't beat it, Bills and Mafia. I've had, we've had a lot of fans saying it's better than doom scrolling on Twitter, looking for the latest updates. We're sending them right to you. You're getting them in your inbox on your phone, uh, multiple messages per day. Then when you send us a question back, Matt and I see them, we do a good job getting back to you there or right here on the pod. Um, we got a couple people in here. Scott Blakely just joined a couple days ago, says the text club rocks. Welcome in. Uh, I'm sure uh, we're surely appreciative of all of you. Tim said that he does the text club and it's awesome. So join Tim. Join Scott, become a member of the club. All right, so let's get into today's practice because it was a different um, feel out there on the practice field. Day one, I felt like it was a really crisp day for the offense, and it kind of flipped. I felt like the defense really answered the bell. Sean McDermott was not at practice today in any uh, in any way. 
he was dealing with a uh, personal family matter. Uh, the bill said that he's expected to be back at St. John Fisher sometime this afternoon, but they went through a full practice without him. So you saw a very animated John Butler, who we talked to earlier in the, in the day, looked like he was taking a little bit of a larger role. Eric Washington, the assistant head coach, so on and so forth. But the defense really set the tone. And we talked to Deion Dawkins after practice, and it was brought up how good the defensive line looked. And he said, listen, the offensive line been kicking the defensive line's butt for the first couple of days. And it was nice to see them kind of come with a little bit of fire and kind of flip things up again. I'd say nobody really across the offensive line on that first team had a banner day. I think we, you know, going play after play just – Seems being absolutely busted. Guys flying through gaps. Um, you know, guys getting off the line of scrimmage. To me, it was an Ed Oliver Leonard Floyd day, and both of those guys consistently applying tons of pressure. At one point, it was like Ed Oliver comes back into the backfield, gets a sack. I think I think Floyd was back there too. Comes spinning off of Josh Allen because you could tell today there was another play where Taron Johnson went on a blitz and just completely was like. Ah! Like at the last second, just divert, go off, uh, go off the trail. And Ed Oliver spins around, goes back and kind of like, looked like he was doing one of those giddy up horsey rides, like back to the defensive huddle. And he just was like so lively and so energetic. And it was just, it was good to see. And even, even Deion Dawkins, who, you know, maybe struggled a little bit today, said it was good to see, like, this is the back and forth after the offensive line had a couple of good days. You want to see the defensive line, you know, kind of come back and, and show their ability to make some plays. And now it's going to be on the offense to turn around after a day off tomorrow. They come back Thursday and then the Friday practice at the stadium. Yeah, listen, if, if Stefan Dix has been the MVP of camp on offense, I think Ed Oliver has made his case to be the MVP of, of the defense so far at camp. He has been outstanding, Matt. Uh, the burst, the get off, the getting through the line, making these plays now that they're in pads. Um, and, and it goes to what we've seen from him over the past few years. We've had these spots where he, he pops and he flashes and he makes these plays. And uh, I, I feel like the Bills must have seen enough of that over the last few years to say, okay, we can kind of go forward with him, extending him to this contract where we feel comfortable that he's only going to get better. And to Oliver's credit, upon signing, he said, I'm going to outplay this contract through the summer. He, he's looking the part. Uh, as for Leonard Floyd, listen, a, a lot of fans, subtext here in the chat on our shout shows have been asking about Floyd. And, and part of it's been absorbing the playbook, getting used to this new system. Uh, but this is still a very savvy veteran who, uh, in a bad Rams team last year, was still able to notch nine sacks. This is going to be one of those great under the rate under the radar signings that we look back on. I think at the end of the season, saying, "How did the Bills get this guy so late in the process?" This wasn't the first wave of free agency. This was post draft, uh, closer to the start of training camp than anything else. They're able to get a, someone that has a great track record of getting after the quarterback adding to this room and then potentially adding to a group where you have Von Miller coming back. Obviously you have Greg Rousseau who made great strides from year one to year two and had a nice day today as well. Uh, there's a lot to like about this defensive line and they won the day today and there's going to be some other days. I'm sure that they win as well. Greg Rousseau with at least one sack today and it was a strip sack and the ball uh, hit the turf. And it's funny talking to Deion Dawkins, Vic Carucci had noticed uh, from channel two that 
after a rep where it looked like Greg Rousseau won the rep, Deion Dawkins walked over and started talking to him. And so he asked about him. And Deion Dawkins gave some great insight into some on-the-field coaching that was happening um, in his answer. And he basically said – he went up to Greg. He says, all love, man. You won the rep. But I want to show you something here. Like there was a moment in that rep where you kind of tripped for a moment. And if I wanted to, I could have pushed you to the ground and then just fell on you, landed on you, potentially hurt you. And actually, Dion even went so far as to say, like, listen, in a game, somebody's off balance. Like, it's kill or be killed. I mean, you're out there trying to, you know, physically impose yourself on the other team. He'll see a guy go down, go, be off balance and go low and hit him, push him to the ground and then land on him. I and mean, you see offensive linemen pancake guys all the time. He's like, you hurt a guy. Maybe the, his backup comes in for a few plays. and You know that they're not at the same level. That's something that goes through your mind. And he said, with Von Miller here now, Guys in practice see that, right? Like over and over ago, the bendability of Von Miller, maybe trying to add elements of that into their game. But for a guy like Rousseau, who's so tall, you better do whatever kind of bend that you have getting in and out of that. It better be quick because veteran guys like Deion Dawkins in this league will take advantage of that and look to hurt you. And I thought that was actually some really good behind the curtain stuff where it's like, whoa, Greg Rousseau isn't only getting coached up on how technically to – um, execute as a pass rusher, but also the stuff that he, he should avoid doing against elite guys, especially as he starts going against left tackles as he improves on the right side. Yeah, listen, these practices, I mean, it, it's a lot of beef on the field when you're going uh, D-line versus O-line, and it, it is kill or be killed both at practice and in these live game situations, Matt. But when, when all is said and done, these are still teammates, and you have Deion Dawkins kind of looking out for Russo saying, this is still a young guy, uh, year three in the system, big. And you mentioned a big, big guy in terms of his height and his frame and, and being able to dip low like a, a Von Miller is able to do or maybe a Leonard Floyd's able to do. Uh, it, it's a little bit harder for Rousseau. So at least Dawkins is pointing that out to him now saying, you know, you might be able to beat some left tackles with a move like that or right tackles with a move like that in season. Uh, but, you know, there's also going to be guys like me who see it and, and in a live game, we're going to push you down and we're going to jump on you, land on you. Uh, so nice to see, you know, a, a coachable moment coming from an offensive tackle when these guys are clashing on the field. Um, got a lot to get to here. I mean, I got like six to eight different topics that we can go into uh, some major takeaways from today. But the, I want to end with I have in my night my notes here just watching Leonard Floyd snap to snap. Holy crap. Like, and I don't know if I have a lot of those over the years outside of Von Miller, who's a, a walking holy crap. And I just think that it's something with Floyd taking this to a whole new level. You know, AJ's in the comments here talking about some, some movement that they've done on the defensive line. Uh, shout out to AJ Sabalski, who's in town. I've not seen him yet. Our former producer. And I'm, and I'm sorry, hopefully we can connect before I get out of here. But, um, it's, it's interesting to note that like we've seen Greg Rousseau rush from the interior. I think Boogie Basham on the interior is really interesting because if you can't find a way – now, Tim Settle's banged up. He's dealing with, uh, I believe, a calf injury. Um, I put that out in the, in the subtext earlier. Um, him out, Phillips out. Maybe you need to look somewhere else for some juice on the interior. And to me, Boogie Basham – that's where I feel like the next progression for him is if he can't figure things out on the off, out, outside. I know so many fans are talking about maybe moving him in a deal, but I wonder if maybe he's just not 
I don't want to say athletic enough, but like from a technique perspective, ready to be a difference maker at this level on the edge. And maybe if he won't be more um, effective from an operational standpoint on the inside. Yeah. You know, when it, when it comes to uh, boogie bash and getting those reps or playing on the inside a little bit and mixing and matching, that does seem like a potential fit for him. And I remember after his first draft, there were talks about how could he be utilized on the defensive line. And right now, we haven't seen much in terms of pass rush wins and victories for him on the outside. So maybe getting him some reps in, in obvious passing situations uh, on the interior is the route to go there, giving some unique looks in that way. Because like you mentioned, you know, whether it's camp or, or in the season, there's going to be injuries that pop up and you want to be able to get guys on the field that you think can help you on a snap by snap basis. And maybe uh, that is how you get that from Boogie Basham. Just real quick, Tim Settle groin injury. Not groin injury. Apologies. Yep. Thank you for that. Um, but it's not great, right? Like Tim Settle had this great start to camp and ends up with, with the groin and he was a little bit banged up yesterday. Uh, he came back in and finished practice, but I think, I wonder if it's just something where they want to be a little bit more safe than sorry. And that's something that we'll watch over the next couple of days to see if he can get back out there. But I'm very interested to see what it looks like on the interior with now reps available, Puna Ford, Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver established themselves as the top three. After that, it gets a little bit interesting. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, all right, next I want to go to – we can get in the middle linebacker here in a second. I have some offensive linemen that I want to also uh, talk about as well, some under-the-radar guys that I think had a nice day today, and then um, Taylor Rapp. But before we get to that, Damar Hamlin. And in practice today with a big moment, one of the coolest things ever. Some people might argue that there would have been a sack on the play, but I felt like the ball was out of the hands of, I believe it was Matt Barkley, uh, before the interception happened. And it was just like a super cool moment at the end of, of practice where, you know, Hamlin comes over, comes kind of flying into the play to make the interception. I don't know if the Bills have put out the video yet. I was actually at an awkward part of the field, but like this – this goes to a conversation now that is really interesting with Hamlin because we're going to kind of watch as the game start and how much he's kind of put out there, how much he plays and what we're looking at in terms of the depth safety competition, because he's now making plays. I noticed a couple days, a couple times today, him thudding guys up looking for a little bit of contact. And on one play he did it against Latavius Murray, Ryan. And I know you can speak to this. That dude is just he is a burly running back. He's a big dude. Kind of feels like he could play linebacker if he wanted to. He's like a he's a different level of player. And so here he goes. I'm watching it now. It was a little bit of a, of a wobbler, and and he had to come back to the play. And it was uh, it looked like Andy Isabella that it might have been. There. And it wasn't. It was not a great throw at all. He probably shouldn't have even made the made the throw. But you know, just being out there, recognizing the play. You know, John Butler said this morning, Ryan. We don't think about it now, but DeMar Hamlin had, you know, 900 some odd snaps last year, right? That, you know, guys that are kind of in the mix in this defense, Taylor Rapp, even a veteran who started a lot of games, he doesn't have those reps, that time on task with the Bills. So he's a little bit ahead of the game, but how the Bills view other players. And I'm going to talk about a player that made a play today that I think could push DeMar for that roster spot. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch over the rest of the summer. 
Yeah, endless. And yesterday, the big obstacle is first day in pads. And now you're out there in pads and you're making plays. That's exactly what you're hoping to see if you're a, a coach on this team in, in regards to DeMar Hamlin. Uh, his family's still here at that training camp, so they get to witness it as well. So definitely a, a great moment for Hamlin um, flashing in, in the run game as well. And then you just mentioned the 900 snaps that does fly under the radar a little bit because of how banged up they were at safety last year, losing Micah Hyde in that Titans game uh, very early in the season. Jordan Poyer missing time here and there due to various ailments and injuries. So DeMar Hamlin has a lot of reps under his belt. And I know some fans say, well, yeah, there were some missed tackles there. There were some plays that he'd like to have back. And he'd be the first person to admit that. But this is still a young former day three pick that they liked a lot to keep on this team that has a lot of experience on his under his belt now. And when it comes to vying for that number four safety job, he, he's certainly right there in the mix and uh, making plays like this is only going to help his case. Charles G one of our regulars on YouTube, always one step ahead. That's where I was going next. And I think Cam Lewis, listen, the versatility you talk about, I mean, we've talked about it, plenty on this show. He play all three spots, right? And everybody remembers him for that one play against, you know, Justin Jefferson. And it's like, it's almost like used as like a, um, a slight towards him or something like, you know, in a big spot, he didn't make the play. And somehow that is indicative of, of future play. And I almost argue and push back on that and say, I think if that happens to somebody, they're almost like more. So in the future, um, prepare to deal with those big moments. And so I don't necessarily think that given that opportunity, again, Cam Lewis doesn't make that play. And he made a big play uh, today. It was really, really good. It was a deep ball uh, to Khalil Shakir um, from Josh Allen. And it looked like it was going to be a touchdown. And all of a sudden Cam Lewis, like it looked like a lightning bolt coming out of nowhere. Cause I wasn't looking at him. And all of a sudden mm. uh, Cam Lewis comes in, Breaks up the pass. Huge explosion. I mean, people were going crazy for the defense. Trey White came down. Kyrie Elam came down. We'll talk about him in a minute as well. Celebrating the play. Big-time play and a big-time moment to stop a touchdown. Khalil Shakir, obviously, still continuing to get some of that run as well with the first team. But a big moment. And, Ryan, I wonder, for Cam Lewis, like somebody that could play all four phases of special teams, can play slot corner in a pinch, but now is working so much at safety. If they don't get to a place with DeMar where they're super comfortable, or even if they are, I think you could you can live in a world where both Cam and DeMar make make the roster. But if you need it to be four safeties, I think you trust Cam Lewis pretty much at this point in that spot. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, you mentioned Cam Lewis and the versatility. It makes me think of a year ago with a guy like Nick McLeod, who – cornerback was getting worked at safety made the initial 53 man roster uh but then was cut and, and signed elsewhere and you know he's doing his own thing now but the, the bills like players like that that hey if we need him in a pinch at a certain spot we can put him there cornerback safety and then he's a core special teams player too so lewis checks a ton of the boxes uh, it's going to be one of those interesting under the radar roster battles for that safety number four spot because you have Hamlin, you have Cam Lewis, you still have Dean Marlowe, who I think he's someone that they would probably feel comfortable being able to uh, release and, and try to get him onto that practice squad due to his age and everything else. Uh, but there are guys that can step up and fill in in that role. So uh, still anyone's game. One of the more interesting spots there when, when they're trying to get down to those last 
roster spotter too. Lewis is definitely going to have a, a valid case to make this roster. I got to make a valid case to everybody right now, and that is to head over to topsmarkets.com slash burgers to get the best burger deals in town. With over 30 ready-to-grill burgers, Tops is the place to pick out the juiciest, most delicious burgers in town. My mouth's watering just reading this thing. From beef and turkey to chicken and veggie, you'll find something for everyone. Taste the flavors of the world with unique toppings and twists on the classic bur burger. Tops World of Burgers is yours to explore. And you can win concert and game day tickets all the way up through September 2nd. Shop with your bonus plus card and you're automatically entered for a chance to win one of three $500 prizes for concert and game day tickets every time you purchase fresh or frozen burger patties from the meat department. That sounds exciting, Ryan. And I got to tell you something else, too. Today was Turkey Burger Day at uh, St. John Fisher. I know this was the, all the rage last year. And I got to be honest with you. It was fine. It was the, the turkey <laughs> was fine. But I'll tell you right now, they had this chicken dish. I, I, I took a couple extra. It's going to be a late year. It, it kind of has like the, I think they're chicken thighs. And I think that they, it's got kind of like this zesty, like almost like a Thai like um, sauce glaze to it. Man, it was to the St. John Fisher uh, staff, uh, chef staff. Bon appetit. It was delicious. Yeah. I'm glad they're treating you well there, Matt. You know, you, you mentioned uh, you wanted to talk a little bit about Kyrie Elam. We, we've had <laughs> Caitlin coming in with a, the comment. Leftover chicken. Honey, I need to make sure that I'm hitting all of my protein um, gram goals because I got to I told the guys at, at Jeremy and uh, – and Joe DiBiase this morning, I, I ran over there to do their morning show this morning. I got a text at 4 a.m. from Jeremy White that said, can you come on at 7? And I'm like, sure. And um, the problem with that is I got the text when I woke up at about 640. And so I'm like, I posted the, the gif on Twitter of Forrest yeah. Griffin or Forrest, uh, Gump. Forrest Gump running over, uh, running through the streets, which was literally me in the morning with my cup of coffee and a water bottle. I'm running over to the thing. Um, anyway, I don't know where I was going with this. And you <laughs> listen, I, I, oh yes, I remember where I was going with this. So I brought these free weights with me to St. John Fisher, right? They're the interchangeable bow flex up to 50 pounders mm -hmm. brought even the bench, the foldable bench. It was great. And I left it in the car and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to kind of be a savage with this. And I'm going to actually just work out, out right outside of my trunk. Like I'm going to go out either to the parking lot at Fisher, which is right underneath the overpass of the thruway, or I'm going to drive around, find an empty parking lot, six in the morning, just get those dumbbells out and clank them around. Guess how many times I've done it, Ryan, since I've been here. I'm going to guess it rhymes with hero. It does rhyme with hero. <laughs> I was really disappointed with myself. And so today, even I set my alarm for six o'clock to wake up and I just, man, camp is such a grind. Like I, I just like, I got to just gobble up all the sleep that I can. Uh, Turkey burger. You like that? Anyway, we're going to move on. We're, we've stayed here too long. Let's get to Kyrie. Elam. <laughs> yes. So, so what do we, you know, let's start with John Butler and what he had to say about Kyrie Elam today. All right. So let's get into this to the thick of this a little bit. And I thought it was interesting because, you know, John Butler came out and, you know, said that all three of these guys, whether it's Benford, Dane Jackson, or Kyrie Elam have unique skill sets. And so when these guys have gotten here, his main goal has been to get a download of all three of the guys, understand what they do best, 
and then figure out a way to put them in a position to be successful. And so with Elam, he's obviously best when he can be physical at the line of scrimmage. Like he's got that recoverability speed. And when he gets his hand on guys, that's when he feels part of the play. And that's when he's been more effective. So I think it's about like getting him schooled up on how to play in space, but also for, as a coaching staff, putting him in positions schematically to where he can utilize that, that strength, which is difficult when they ask, ask their corners to play off with Dane. He called him an all around player, somebody that, you know, works well with press man, getting physical, also working in space, but also just now having all of these reps. And he interestingly enough said the neck injury last year really derailed what he was a year ago. He said mm. there's statistics that show advanced statistics that he was one of the best tackling cornerbacks in the NFL last year uh, in 2021. And that neck injury kind of, you know, took him off his mark a little bit. And then Benford, he said his main trait is his processing ability on the field. So when things are, when the bullets are flying and you got to react in the moment, he, you know, he really talked up Benford's ability to, you know, and I think that that leads into him playing better in a zone scheme because he's able to process so many different things and react to it. Sometimes the reacting, the quick firing in the brain is more important than the speed or quickness that you have in your legs. Cause you got to see it and then react to it. And I feel like that's what Benford's doing. I thought Kyrie Elam had a really good day today. I thought that he was competitive. I thought that he made a couple of, good, of, of nice plays where I felt like coverage was happening. And even yesterday there was a coverage rep that I saw him against Gabe Davis, where I thought he really shut down that side of the field, forced Josh Allen to go in the other direction. The problem was that that direction was Stefan Diggs for a 10 or 15 yard completion. And that just so happens to be how, how it goes sometimes. But I think Elam, he's staying in the fight. And I thought that Dane Jackson, for as much as it feels like John Butler likes him, there's elements to this his game where I think you could poke some holes to, into it from a coverage perspective. So there's so much that goes into it, and you know this is probably something I'm going to dive into a little bit more, you know, in written form over the next couple of days uh, as we have a day off in between practices. But very interesting uh, comments today from John Bo. Yeah, and he is right though about the different skill sets and how can you utilize them, and are the Bills willing to let Elam uh, use his physicality at the line? We, we've seen them playing off uh, a lot in the the past few years in the zone defense. Uh, he's felt like and we've said this kind of like a uh, square peg for a round hole in, in terms of what he can do versus what the Bills have done. Uh, you know under Sean McDermott. So maybe there will be some changes there to let him play to his strengths, let him use that recoverability to get after guys. If he misses at the line or if he needs to use that, because he does have that closing speed, uh, Dane Jackson, maybe, it, you know, the neck coming a year off the neck injury and things like that. Maybe the tackling improves and he makes his case. And, and then you have Benford who started the year very strong, has a lot of knowledge of the zone defense defense entering year two of the system. They all, all three of these players can make a compelling case to start opposite of Tredavious white. So, that's the one race that I see going down to the wire, going the longest. I think we're going to get closer to the uh, linebacker job getting filled before we get to this cornerback two, maybe getting announced. So uh, it's going to be intriguing. It might be one in the preseason, Matt. Cool little comment here from Tony Tibbetts on YouTube. Hey, Matt and Ryan, longtime listener, first time live on your show, Go Bills Mafia. I think this is really cool and actually something that, I never really like figured before. Like I always like think of it like, and, and this is probably wrong on my part, but like people like know where to get our show everywhere, right? Live mm -hmm. the video version, the audio version, but depending on where you listen to the show, 
know, if you've always been an audio listener, you probably don't even ever think about the live factor or that you can get it. Like you may want the live show more so during training camp than you do the rest of the year when it's just more scheduled, our, 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 our weekly Wednesday show, so on and so forth. So we got to do a better job of making sure everybody knows where to find us all the time when we're going live. Um, the YouTube channel, I feel like, is a really good place just to, you know, get the app downloaded in your phone, subscribe, you know, hit interested on our channel. And then every time we go live, I check and I feel like YouTube's the best at it. I get a little ding every time we go live. Uh, so, if, you know, if you're walking around the store, you know, doing some work, whatever it is, you can just kind of plug in with us right there. Yeah, it's nice. It's convenient. Uh, love these live shows and the interactions here on the sidebar, uh, but also love the fact that we get so many people downloading this and listening to our pod as well. Indeed. Um, all right, Max, I got to we're going to quick fire through some stuff. I want you to bring up the questions, Ryan, uh, while I go through a couple of quick fire observations. Okay. Uh, and anything that you want to touch on from these, feel free to interrupt me and we will go um, on that. But I wanted to start with some offensive linemen that, you know, I, I made a comment about Tommy Doyle, you know, just looking like you know, a little bit slow early on in practice, like maybe like still kind of working his way back from that uh, knee injury last year. Today was an outstanding day for Tommy Doyle. I thought he asserted himself in the one-on-ones early in practice. I thought he had some uh, two-on-twos, I should say, had some really good um, reps. Shane Ray came flying out of a cannon, and it was like Doyle beat him to the spot on the outside. And I'm like, listen, for Shane Ray, who, by the way, got an upgrade today and had some second-team reps on the day, and I think that might nice. you know coincide with some of the things that they're doing on the interior um with some of the other uh, the other edge rushers doyle just got to his sp spot bodied shane ray and completely took him out of the play and they were battling it was back and forth back and forth and then doyle had one play during um practice that i put down as just an impressive play where everything was breaking down on the offensive line the defensive line was absolutely crushing the pocket but there was tommy doyle on an island and i I got a lot of notes here and I don't have it written down specifically, but he was the one guy holding up in, in pass protection, which I feel like that's a huge feather for Tommy to be able to start to build and maybe, you know, have a couple of days in a row here where maybe he can start to build on some confidence. Yeah. And, and that's something we've talked about. The fact that there's the depth that tackle is a little bit suspect. It's a little bit worrisome. Doyle was coming off of a bad day yesterday, but bounces back today with the solid day. So making his case to kind of claim one of those roster spots at tackle, there's uh, a lot of unknowns, you know, garage and Van Demark and things like that in the mix too, for maybe that final tackle role. But you, you have Spencer Brown starting at one side, Deion Dawkins at the other. Uh, and Matt, this actually kind of transitions into the next question. We've had some fans asking in the subtext about Brandon Shell and what you've seen from him so far. Whoa. How do I say this and be kind? Um, it hasn't been good for Brandon Shell. And the one rep in particular today that stood out, um, and actually the Tommy Doyle protection was on, I, I found it in my notes. It was on the DeMar interception. So um, he was the one guy on that play that was holding up his, his end of the bargain. And, you know, Matt Barkley then throws that duck. Uh, poor, uh, poor, the, poor Tommy. Um, but anyway, Shane Ray, the one he was in the backfield so fast and 
the reason he was, or maybe it appeared that he was, because I feel like Brandon Shell just was not getting out of his stance quick enough. And I've mm. noticed that on several occasions. I haven't written much about it. I kind of wanted to see him get his kind of uh, his wheels under him a little bit, his bearings in this Buffalo offense. But so far, not great. The preseason is going to be huge for him. But like you, know, we talked about Vandermark, we've talked about Garage, we talked about Doyle today. Like these are the guys that are going to put a lot of pressure on Shell, and I think we can go from. Like Shell being this quasi competition for Spencer Brown, who didn't have a good day today. We can talk about that in a minute as well. Um, to a guy that's directly on the roster bubble and maybe is going to be, you know, on the outs for a guy like uh, Garage or something to that degree. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to kind of monitor because there's always a few players that you assume are going to make this roster, whether it's starting role, depth role, and generally in the depth role situation, there's one or two that uh, end up getting beat out in that spot by someone else, a younger option, someone that's shown more, someone that's been in the system a little bit longer. And that could potentially be the case this year when it comes to Brendan Shell signing as a free agent, maybe not being able to stick on this roster after some fans thought he could push uh, Spencer Brown for that starting job. And, you know, let, let's get into Brown's day a little bit. Uh, but as we do that, you know, I had two different people, Scott and Brian, say, uh, was today the case of the O-line playing poorly or the D-line being that good, or was it a combination of both, Matt? I think it was a combination of both. Like, I, this definitely wasn't a good day for the first-team offensive line across the board. Like, there's one play where I really felt like Connor McGovern, who, by the way, in the run-heavy period early in practice start 11-on-11, David Edwards was actually getting some run at left guard. He wasn't there for very long. Uh, Connor McGovern went back in. Um, and Deion Dawkins actually talked about like how nice it's been to have one guy next to him and not that kind of cycling door. Like, cause if you think about it over the course of his run, he's had a different left guard every single year. And so I thought Connor McGovern had one rep today where he really stood out and just got absolutely worked by Ed Oliver. And hmm. again, it's Ed Oliver's season, man. The kid is absolutely electric every single day. Like there's been no days off. He really, and I think you have to be excited about this if you're a Bills fan, because guys can react two different ways to getting paid, right? Like coming in and being that same version or maybe even better or just taking the foot off the gas a little bit. Brown, man, it didn't matter who he was going up against. I mean, Floyd, I don't know what's the best way to put this, but like he he had a couple reps. Like, first of all, I think he was in his head because of how tough of a matchup it was. And this was like, it's it's like, this was the first day where I felt like Floyd really spread his wings on the first team consistently throughout the day and really brought out the good stuff, like the, the spin moves, the, the quickness, the power. Eric Washington talked to, uh, yesterday about how violent his hands are, and he's a guy that gets super pissed off if you try to block him. Like He feels like he just shouldn't be blocked, apparently. Mm -hmm. like That's the mindset, which Eric Washington said he loves. But man, was he just going at Spencer Brown today? And over the course of the day, there's just the losses piled up, I felt like. And it was, it just felt like so much was coming at Josh Allen, who for a moment, by the way, looked like he was dinged up again. His 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 shoe was off. The trainers looked like they were looking at it. I don't know if they were taping it or what they were doing with it. Put his foot, his shoe back on, and then he went about his day. Obviously, when you're talking about toughness, you know, Josh Allen is about as tough as they come. So it didn't seem like it nagged him or anything, but not a great day for Spencer Brown. And at one point, Felt like it was so much in his head that, you know, he had a false start penalty against him and um, just out of sync. And I think that's when it happens. Like when you start seeing, you know, there was a, there was blitzes that were flying at them all day. Like this was an aggressive day where the offense was put in the spot to, to run third and long for most of the day. And it felt like that over the course 
of practice. Yeah, and listen, third and long situations, that's when defenses in real games are pinning their ears back, getting after the quarterback, bringing that heat, knowing how difficult it is to convert in those situations. So uh, not a huge surprise that the defense fared so well today. But in the case of Spencer Brown, it's it's worrisome. And you don't want to overreact to it. It's one day at camp. He's had a solid camp to date. But you're you. As a Bills fan, you should be slightly worried about it because of the confidence that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean had in him all offseason saying, you know, the back surgery, that he didn't get to play his final year in college. We really think that he played good football down the stretch, and they're looking at this trajectory. And it wasn't just lip service. The Bills did not draft any viable alternatives in, uh, in this year's draft for him. They waited until late in the process of free agency to add Brandon Shell. Uh, this is a, a key spot in terms of protecting your franchise quarterback, in terms of um, trying to get that run game going. He's someone that's going to play a lot of snaps if he can stay healthy. And, and if he doesn't make those great leaps and bounds, it's going to be a, a big weak link for this offense, Matt. Indeed. You know what is a strong link, Ryan? the mega meat sale going on at tops right now. And they got you covered. You can mix and match from over 30 different cuts, buy one, get one free of equal or less, lesser value. They got 85% lean ground beef, Oscar Meyer sliced bacon, 99% fat free boneless chicken tops brand tops, boneless pork chop tops, extra large, uncooked, easy peel shrimp, Tops boneless, top round steak, and the Hatfield marinated pork loin fillets or tenderloins. No matter what kind of meat you want, Tops has got you covered. Head on over to Tops and grab some meat, Matt. Eh, that made me uncomfortable. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. You got to work on your trends. Phrasing. Phrasing. That was different. All right. We're over 400 on YouTube. Thank you so much for logging in, spending your uh, Tuesday afternoon with us. Smash that like button for us. Subscribe to the channel as well. We're, we're sneaking up towards 9K subscribers on the YouTube channel. Um, and speaking of subscribing, man, we got this cool new deal. Uh, it's the Shout Buffalo Bills text insiders that's what i'm calling it text 716-528-6727 give us a try it's a two-week free trial after that 399 a month less than a cup of coffee a month 50 dollars for the year i know subscriptions add up and it's annoying but trust me ryan and i are going to put all of our energy into making this text insiders club the place to be for bills fans we cannot wait to interact with all of you we're already taking questions from the group right now and it's coming right into the show what else we got ryan yeah uh, some dalton kincaid questions again you know this person wants to hear about his day today they said they gave up a haul in a dynasty draft to land kincaid are they you know i I believe the hype today how was he today matt what do we think about dalton kincaid his his dynasty draft stock as a matter of fact i'm gonna bring up a mock draft right now fantasy dynasty rookie mock draft because i asked this because what's that he's a first round pick in a dynasty draft he's definitely a first round pick for sure but i want to see kind of where people have him going and give my take on it because first and foremost in my dynasty league that i have that i think we're running on year 13 with my college buddies I got the first overall pick, which tells you I have a very bad dynasty team, but I do have the first overall pick. And I, I really just, 
I sold off all the parts. I've been waiting for the year to really bring it to a, a, a place where I was going to guarantee myself the first pick to get that running back. I couldn't have picked a better year. Bijan Robinson to me, I feel like he's going to, he's, is he sneaking into some first rounds in regular drafts? I mean, people are pretty high on him from what I've said, what, from what I've heard on the fantasy podcast uh, channels, these, this off season. Yeah, I don't know about first run regular dress just because, uh, you know, a lot of really good wide receivers go. You, you get a few quarterbacks, depending on if it's a one or a two quarterback league, obviously. But yeah, it, it's interesting, though. Bijan Robinson's probably maybe tail end first round, but more realistically, early second round type of, of player, uh, especially because of that that offense in Atlanta, not knowing exactly how efficient they're going to be. But in a dynasty format, you definitely picked the right year to have that first overall pick. All right, so I got a mock draft up here, and this is wild. Our mock draft will look nothing like this. I can already guarantee this because people don't take quarterbacks this early. Um, but I guess like maybe in a two tight end uh, or two quarterback super – oh, it mm-hmm. is a super flex dynasty draft. That's why. But this one is Bijan, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Jameer Gibbs, which I feel like Jameer Gibbs is probably going to be the number two pick in our draft. Uh, Smith and Jigba, which I think is really interesting because he, he landed in a weird spot. Like, I don't know if I love the value. I almost like Addison, his landing spot a little bit better. What do you think about those two guys? there going one, uh, six and then seven in, in dynasty drafts. I don't look at the landing spot. I look at the long term more than anything else. And I think Smith and Jigba talent wise is worth being taken over Addison like Addison's game a lot like that offense a lot. Um, but again, you know, sometimes you have to ignore the, uh, the team or the fit and just kind of go with talent wise, who you think is going to be best for your roster long-term Kincaid ends up going 14th. Uh, some of the players that went Mm. ahead of him, which is in the second round, but again, this is a quarterback heavy draft. Like Will Levis went at, um, 12, which will never happen in a real, just a regular dynasty draft Devan Oshane from Miami. Went in front of him. Kendra Miller from the Saints, the running back, Zach Charbonnet, um, Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnson, all of the, the usual suspects. I I don't know, man. I, I like I like Kincaid over any of those wide receivers outside of maybe Addison and Flowers and Smith and Jigba. Yeah, and, and that's that's a fair take. I think he's gonna be very involved in this Bills offense. And, you know, when it comes to Kincaid and, and when you're looking for someone, the tight end position, first of all, is very tough to fill with a consistent uh, performer. And I think he could definitely be that long term. So someone to kind of keep an eye on there. Um, a lot of comments in, in here about Damian Harris, both in terms of how's he looking on the field, but also a lot of praise for him today in terms of uh, meeting with the media. Dude is he is entertaining like he is super well-spoken but not only just well-spoken his timing his like listening to the questions that are being asked a lot of times I feel like players they zero in on one phrase or something like to, to respond to like he really held the media accountable for their questions today which that's going to be fun to have Damian Harris kind of, you know, be in these press conference settings and have to kind of like, you know, go back and forth with him a little bit, which is fun. Um, but really cool. Like he let us into, you know, his exchange with uh, Matt Milano in the meeting room last night where, you know, he started like, you know, 
ripping it up some dance some house dance music and then Theon Dawkins came in and said it was a real Italian-like of Milano to be so into the house music, almost a la Jersey Shore. So it really got like things, you know, cool. Like, I, I don't know. It was just a really cool interaction. But, you know, he seems super comfortable in his role, whatever that's going to end up being. I think he's very much. He understands the opportunity if something goes to, happens with James Cook he'll be there to kind of take over that RB one role, but he's perfectly happy being in that complimentary role. Because I think if you're, if you're Damon Harris and you look at your career, the last couple of years, you know, why do you want to put yourself in a situation where you got to carry the rock 200, 250 times? Why not get into a split where maybe it's 60, 40 and you can kind of take some of the load off of your uh, body. Um, yeah. I, I was really impressed with Damon Harris. Yeah, and again, being that uh, compliment when you've had a history of not being able to play a full season, that's a good thing if I'm Damian Harris. It's a good thing because in this offense, he's going to get those short yardage opportunities in an area where he's thrived. Knowing how efficient this Bills offense is and how deep they get down toward the goal line, he's going to get a lot of carries there. So maybe he doesn't get the the normal workload of what he's had in the past, but he's going to have a lot of opportunities to score touchdowns, uh, convert big plays for this team, but most importantly, be healthy for a stretch run for this team come playoff time. And you know he's usually been pretty banged up over the course of his seasons in in New England, missing some time late in years. Uh, I, I think this could really benefit him in terms of. Uh, his career here, but also extending his overall NFL career. Uh, Harold, uh, our our Pops Mafia on YouTube, uh, one of our favorites, uh, has a great observation. Matt Milano looked all pro today. It's funny, we talked about Dalton Kincaid making a play against Milano yesterday. Well, the all pro uh, found his way back to compete with Dalton Kincaid. And this was one play that I, I, I did have circled and I wanted to highlight Allen found Kincaid kind of breaking open in the second level and he got found himself again, which he's going to in these practice settings, one-on-one with Matt Milano. Can you imagine what, how good this is for Dalton Kincaid to have to go up against Matt Milano in practice? Like I can't think of a better learning tool for a young tight end than to face that kind of competition at linebacker every day. He gets set one-on-one with him and then it's a, it's a one-on-one rep all the way to the sideline. And it's like a, maybe a 25, 30 yard throw towards the right sideline and Kincaid it's a 50, 50 ball at this point. Like they get out on an Island, they're battling back and forth. He goes up and he tries to kind of like reach back over Milano to try to make a catch. And that is just Milano's world. You are not going to complete that pass nine times out of 10. And that's just what happened. He gets in there, makes it physical, makes it ugly. The ball goes to the ground and you know, a, a learning moment. And I feel like the more settings, where he gets to operate in that situation, the, the better. Yeah. And, you know, you're not going to go against athletic linebackers like Milano every week in the NFL. You're going to have some great mismatches. So, to your point, being able to practice against a guy like Milano day in and day out is only going to make Kincaid better right out of the gate. Uh, so, it's exciting. To, you know, they've had a few battles already. There's going to be a lot more here at camp and then obviously in some practices as well throughout the season. All right, do we got anything else here? Um, I got a couple more little notes here I could fire through unless you got a question. Yeah, no, fire through some notes. All right, so Taylor Rapp with one of the hits of uh, training camp so far, I thought. I mean, he I think he laid one out yesterday, and he came back again with another one. You could tell that 
we're going to see more of Taylor Rapp in a game setting because I think he wants to use his physicality. He wants to play downhill. He wants to get into the box. He wants to, you know, make especially receivers feel him. And he made Deontay Hardy feel him with a huge hit uh, today where you're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe like uh, dial that back a little bit. If you're an offensive coach, at least you're probably saying that. Justin Shorter with a really impressive play. And I feel like he's kind of quietly gaining some confidence. It was like a third and 10. And they and he kind of ran to the outside, uh, to the towards the right sideline, was one on one in coverage against Christian Benford, and I feel like that's a really competitive ra- uh, rate uh, or, or rep, and he won it, and he makes the catch. Benford tries to rip it out at the end of the play, he's not able to. So I feel like that was a a really good play for him. We talked about Cam Lewis already, um, but shorter, nice little moment for him, and, and shorter. He's he's an interesting player, you know. Day three pick. Uh, this team has probably one, their one through five kind of set in some formation at three, four, and five, and uh, shorter's kind of hanging around there for that wide receiver six role. And he was the former number one recruit at wide receiver in college, and he never really lived up to that hype. And that was probably a lot to kind of deal with, knowing you're a five star, knowing you were you were listed ahead of a lot of guys that are already in this league that are having nice careers. Now in Buffalo, you know, it's like, yeah, you do have to make the 53-man Ross. You do have to make this team. But there's that pressure isn't there for him necessarily in terms of having to be the superstar player. And I think that's going to allow him to kind of have these moments and build up that confidence and kind of maybe over time, maybe not this year as a rookie, but work his way up that depth chart to maybe being eventually a wide receiver four or wide receiver three uh, for an NFL team because, you know, physically – he has the build of an NFL receiver already. Sometimes you don't, you can't say that for rookies. He looks the part. The talent's clearly there. It's just it didn't pan out at the college level. Now you're with a great quarterback like Josh Allen. You're in a high-scoring offense. Opportunities are going to come for him both in training camp and the preseason. But if he makes this roster, his number could get called upon as well in a real setting. And I think at where his role is, I wouldn't be surprised to see him be able to make some plays and uh, – you know, beat out the the opposition across from when you're you're playing as wide receiver four or five in an offensive set. Before we get out of here quickly, I want to get into the uh, a couple things on the linebackers. And first and foremost, Kyer Elam he did get a lot of first team reps today, so he was working in there. I think he mixed in with Dane Jackson. I didn't see a ton of Christian Benford there today. Uh, Torrance Osiris Torrance kind of split some time today with Rick Bates. Uh, Bates had some reps uh, on the second team as a center uh, mixed in at right guard as well. And then I'm like, I mentioned David Edwards got some run as well with the first team for a few minutes uh, there at uh, left guard at middle linebacker. It was interesting because they went off the usual uh, rotation. It was Dotson day one. Then it was uh, Bernard Spector Dotson Bernard today was supposed to be Spector day but it was Tyrell Dotson. So I don't know if that is, you know, Spectre getting moved out of that competition for now, or maybe just wanted to see a little bit more of Dotson in that role. I thought Dotson made a couple plays today. Nice, real good pass breakup on one play. But honestly, it was the play of Spectre on the second team at the mic that really, to me, stood out the most of the group. Now he's playing against the second team, so I guess it's a little bit easier to operate. But he fires. He triggers so hard on plays where you just you just see it sometimes like that's natural like that ability to stay low to the ground to have that speed while your pad level is low kind of weave in and out of traffic and I feel like Spectre 
does that really well. And he had two plays, uh, two plays that I want to note. The first one was out in space where Damian Harris was running behind Ryan Bates and dude, Balen Spector came in and blew up Ryan Bates, like blew him up, shedded the block and then got his arms like wrapped up on 22, uh, Damian Harris there to make the play. And then the other was a, a, a play, a tackle for a loss where he kind of got into the, the offensive backfield there, uh, exploded on Jonathan Mims and made a tackle there or would have, um, just a really nice day for, for Spectre who didn't get the first team reps, but I leave practice today thinking more about him. And that's that's the good part if you're Balen Specter. Okay, maybe it was supposed to be his day today, at least in according, according to the rotation that we've seen, it should have been. But he made plays where he needed to, where he was lined up with the second team. And whether, you know, we don't know yet if he's officially out of that competition or not, but when you make plays like that, given your opportunities, all of a sudden you might have to reevaluate that if you're the coaching staff saying, I know it was second team, like you said, but he flashed, he did this well, he did this well. And, you know, there's still plenty of time to make that decision. So maybe it helps him get back into the mix. Maybe tomorrow or not tomorrow, Thursday, I should say uh, he's out there with the first team, or maybe it's at the the blue and red scrimmage, having stacking days like that, having good plays, whether it's against the first team or the second team, you're giving yourself that opportunity to kind of work your way back into the mix. So good for bail inspector having a solid day. If you want to have a solid day, you should head over to Tops, which is uh, heating up for summer savings. Quench your thirst for savings. Get $5 of cool cash. Check this out. You get one point for every dollar you spend on the brands uh, that you love, like Pepsi, Mountain Dew, Gatorade, Tim Hortons, Red Bull, uh, Starry, Body Armor, Pure Leaf, Smart Water, Dunkin' Donuts, all of your favorites. Um, through September 2nd, every 35 points is equal to $5 in cool cash. You can ask your cashier to redeem your points for a coupon offer your next shopping trip. Ryan tops is back. We got the shout Buffalo bills insider text group. It is cruising 716-528-6727. Just send us a text, sign up, do the two week free trial. It's three 99. After that, stick with us. Uh, we're going to give you all the bills coverage you can handle. Yeah, it's been great so far. Uh, I love going through interacting with the Bills fans. I know you do too. So uh, Bills Mafia, get on, get in on this. It's easy. It's fun. Back and forth. You can ask questions to us. And if we don't get right back to you in, in the text format, we bring them up here on the show. All right, that's going to do it. 53-minute uh, pod on this Tuesday. Tomorrow's off. We'll be back at St. John Fisher on Thursday. We got the red and blue game on Friday. Uh, Ryan will be out at the stadium for that. We got you covered for everything Bills over the next week and beyond. He's Ryan. I'm Matt. We'll see you soon. Take care, everybody.